Welcome to Next CLT. Next CLT is a business development initiative that focuses on strengthening companies owned by black indigenous people of color in Charlotte. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Next CLT production and podcast. Today we have the incomparable Nikki Pounds. She's a business owner. She's a mother. She's a entrepreneur. She's an author. She has many monikers and she helps people get better in their field and in their space. So welcome, Nikki Pounds. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Nikki, I want you to tell us about your business. How did you come up with the name, your book? This is going to be an exploratory discussion, and we'll take many different paths, but I'd like to start there with you telling us about your business and your name of your business, etc. and how did you move in that direction? Okay, great. Of course, my business is HR Unequivocally. We are a consulting firm, and we specialize in human resources consulting for small to mid-sized businesses. And what we found was through our HR consulting that all roads lead back to leadership. And with our experience with leadership development over the last 20 years, myself and my team, we offer leadership development as well. Um, and DEI strategies, diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies also for small to mid-sized businesses. And I started the company just solely as an HR consulting firm because that is my background. So I've been in human resources my entire professional career. I had a little bit of a stint outside of that uh, when I served as the COO, uh, Chief Operations Officer for a manufacturing company. But my passion and love lies with human resources. So I've been in the field for 30 years and in coaching for about 20 years as I moved up the ladder. And so it was just a natural uh, way to incorporate leadership development along with the HR. Uh, about 20 years ago, I was also certified as a, back then it was a DNI. and The E wasn't even, wasn't even there when I was certified um, in DEI or DNI. And so after the murder of George Floyd, we found, even though, but even before then, if, if you look like on my website and uh, you'll see blog posts if, before 2020, before DEI was very popular, but after the murder of George Floyd, we had so many businesses that were grappling with how to address that uh, horrific incident and, and to let their employees know, how to let their employees know that they stood behind them and beside them and wanted to ensure that they had an equitable and inclusive lens on their practices. So we started getting a lot of calls for that and moved more into that space. Um, and now we, we have about an even split with HR, uh, leadership, HR and leadership consulting and DEI. So when you talk about leadership, Nikki, mm -hmm. what are you seeing with leadership? And, and leadership is one of those things that you have many generations in the workplace. And so there are many different types of leadership style. You wrote a book called The Leader Who Cares. Tell yes. us about <laughs> the leadership style and then for into that book about the leaders, the leader who cares. So uh, the, the leader who cares 
is really a guide for human resources practitioners to navigate workplaces. Uh, so that's actually the subtitle. And working with leaders, we as HR, we support leaders in our organizations, right? And so I have a lot of a lot of stories in there about uh, my experiences, either true or not true, <laughs> um, and some that I've heard uh, for uh, about people who have poor leaders. And then I was able and fortunate enough to be able to interview some fantastic and great leaders that I've had an opportunity to work with over the years so that we can counterbalance those stories of the negative experiences of navigating a workplace and then how it feels and how our employees can experience a workplace where you have positive leadership. And so, you know, it, it's just so important to be able to take into account the generations that's a part of the equity and inclusive lens um, that we bring into the workplace as well with all of the work we do. So we, we're able, we, that's, that's our, uh, that's what sets us apart, I think, is because we have so much HR experience, but we also bring the DEI lens to our work as well. Nikki, in that DEI lens, Recently, I know there's been some quiet layoffs. And because mm-hmm. people are kind of like misinformed about what DEI is, and sometimes people say DEI and belonging, etc., mm-hmm. but people are kind of like misinformed. So people think there's not a need for it anymore because based on their education, everything is an even platform and playing field, and it should be good. We don't need it. What do you say? Yeah. Um, I say we are definitely misinformed. <laughs> so um, our systems, the way that our country was built, uh, you know, based on what we consider our, you know, our founding fathers, even though, you know, in our work, we talk about uh, the founding fathers. But uh, we know that there were already a whole group of people here when the, when those folks came. Um, but 34 of the 47 founding fathers owned slaves. And that's who built the country. So all of the systems that were built for how we operate even today was around free labor. And so, uh, you know, working as many hours as you can work uh, for as long as you can and as hard as you can um, was how our country was built and what we what we value many times. And so there's still practices we know with housing and schools and and medical, you know, at hospitals that uh, where systemic uh, issues because of how our country were built still uh, create these practices that are not equitable for many groups of people that are still marginalized and underrepresented. So there is a lot, a lot of work to do, and uh, and it is very well, very much needed. Uh, still in in organizations and in society as a whole. I actually see that every time I go out to eat, right? So this whole thing about us tipping is because workers in the food industry and the restaurant industry don't get a livable wage, so we have to tip them. Mm-hmm. And it came out of that enslaved time frame, et cetera. Because I just, I just came back from Europe, and one of the things is people make a livable wage while they work in those spaces and they don't, you don't have to tip. And so as you speak to that, it made me think about that situation. Right. Now Europe is not without its (laughs) 
without its issues. But but that's one of the things that uh, that is very different. Uh, from from Europe to the U.S. is the the livable wage for sure. Well, no, no I'm I'm not absorbing them. I'm just using that as one <laughs> example. So you're you're truly uh, right. Now, one of the things is as a person who is an entrepreneur, you participate in the Next CLT's Business Accelerator Initiative. Mm-hmm. What did you learn, and how have you applied what you learned to your business? Oh my goodness. <laughs> we learned so much throughout that process. So, um even with the HR piece uh with the facilitators, you know, I've never I, I always tell anybody, I don't pretend to know everything. And um and being able to even learn more about working on my business and having an opportunity to work on my business from even an you know, orientation and onboarding standpoint. Uh, to finances, and and we talked about sales and um, access to capital. So um, having the knowledge that I gained through that NextCL program to really establish. So one of the things that I did was um, establish a a marketing strategy based on the information that we received because I was like, I don't even know what a marketing strategy is, what it entails. Um, and now I have one. Um, another thing that I did through this program and not just in the weekly or the, the, the sessions that we had as a group, but the opportunity to meet with the facilitators one-on-one, they gave us that, that opportunity. And we had the, uh, we could take advantage of their time and they were more than willing and giving of their time. But I actually determined who the next employees would be in my organization. So since then, I've hired two employees and very confident about what they are bringing to the business um, because I, I grappled with that for six months before I went through Next CLT. Who do I hire? Who do I hire and how? Um, being a small business. And that is what I learned in that program, how to, to determine who is needed. And um, and I was able to determine that with your help, with the group's help, and hired two employees since then. So that's great. As a business owner, you know, budgets are really big, right? So mm-hmm. if you had an extra 10x of budget mm-hmm. than you have now, you said you hired two people. How would mm-hmm. you spend it and why? Can I tell you how I did it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How how would you say that? How did I would have spent it? Um, so my my uh so being in business for six years. So I started six years ago. Um kind of knew a little bit about what I was doing, but not nearly as clear as I am now about what I'm doing. And so what I would do is a brand refresh to um because I'm very clear on my message, I'm very clear on what we offer. I'm very clear on who we serve and uh, the benefits of working with us. And so I would do a brand refresh to ensure that I am able to communicate that message to my potential clients and to my audience effectively uh, that would hopefully generate revenue because I'm talking specifically to my target audience now that I'm very clear about who that is. Okay. As a businesswoman, in our world, we talked about the enslaved, but one of the things that happens is women sometimes there are many barriers 
And as a black woman in this space of ownership, you know, there are barriers. What have you faced in building your business as a businesswoman and a woman of color? And, you know, and how did you and what did you do to overcome some of those barriers? Well, I can't say that I've actually overcome the barriers. They're still the barriers are still there Um, and access to capital, access you know, having financial wherewithal to be able to, uh, you know, make mistakes in the business, I think is a barrier because we have to be so careful because we don't have access to capital as, um, as I think as black people in general, but, uh, and as people of color in general, um, but as a female, so we have to jump through hoops to uh, convince people that we know what we're doing in our business. And um, it's not as readily available. Access to capital is just not as readily available as it is for uh, maybe some of our white counterparts who might not have to jump through those hoops. And I can't say that I've actually overcome that. What I've done is just uh, like going through programs or going through programs like NextCLT to be able to work more intentionally on the business so that I can you know, so I can mitigate some of the, the risk and uh, make the least amount of mistakes as possible because I just can't afford to to make huge mistakes um, and take big risks because, you know, it, it could be a, to the detriment of the company. And we just, I just really can't afford to do that. You know, that being said about not being able to make mistakes, and so there's some risk aversion to not making those mistakes. What's been the biggest failure in the last year? And why do you think that happened? <laughs> so, uh, and, and when I say that, I want to let me go back and, and clarify. I make mistakes all the time. We make mistakes all the time. That's mm-hmm. how we grow and learn. If I were doing all the things right, then, you know, I, I wouldn't be growing and learning. I make mistakes and, and have learned the most through mistakes and failures. Um, I think the one of the biggest things uh, that I've learned over the last year was taking on a client that I wasn't ready to take on. Um, and I, would, I wouldn't say that was in the last year. I would say in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, taking on a client that I wasn't ready to take on, and I don't know if they were necessarily the right client for me anyway. Uh, so stepping outside of what I know was right for the business and the population that we serve. Um, what, and, and then, you know, going through that process, delivering what we said we would deliver, but delivering it uh, through a lot of heartache and pain and late nights and staying up for 36 hours to deliver uh, the client, you know, to, to ensure that the client received what they wanted after it changed so many times. Um, and then ended up losing the client. That was, that was huge. Uh, but what it did was help me again, as I said earlier, to be clear on the population that I serve um, and and stick with that, at least for now. It doesn't mean that uh, it's that's going to be the same population five or 10 years from now. But I know what our capacity is and moving outside of that can be detrimental and cost you your reputation. Um, and so you want to make sure that you are ready to handle the clients that you take on. Um, and and know specifically who your clients are. Thanks for being candid in that space. I appreciate the candor. As you look at 
planning and preparing and getting ready, you in that HR world, what's one initiative on your whiteboard that wasn't there 30 days ago? Now that I have hired the two people that were um, integral for me being able to step out of the business, um, determining the strategy to grow a different region of the state, uh, to grow my business in a different region of the state. Um, and really being able to focus on a strategy for how I can do that and, and still deliver the services to an extent, but because I was able to identify those roles uh, that were needed in the, um, in the organization, um, now I'm able to focus on some other parts of the business. I actually talked about this with a client the other day, how I am being stretched and I'm uncomfortable with some of the decisions that I'm making in the business but it's going to be good for the business and I'm excited about it, but I'm definitely being stretched and, and feel a little bit uncomfortable because I'm not just in the space of delivering the HR services anymore, but uh, instead growing the, the business and growing the capacity for the team. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, John Maxwell always says you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and mm -hmm. you're, you're walking into your uncomfortability. When you think about it, What's one thing, you talk about clients, what's one thing that you've done for your client that you didn't expect and they didn't expect? Ooh, that's a great question. I don't know if I didn't expect it. They might not have expected it as much, but really taking the time to get to know who they are. Um, because a lot of times people, you know, businesses will say, well, we don't take an off the shelf approach when they actually do take an off the shelf approach. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, everything that I do is, is from scratch for sure. We, you know, use our knowledge and, and experience to uh, translate what we've done for one company to another. But uh, we really do meet clients where they are and we take the time to understand what their business is. We take the time to get to know their employees, even as consultants, uh, because we don't want to make, we don't make decisions about a whole business in a vacuum. Um, we want to hear the voices and that's how you, that's how we include that equitable and inclusive lens on the work that we do. Thanks for sharing that. As we move to the end of this, you know, session. Oh no. <laughs> and again, thank you for your candor. Uh -huh. Why is Next CLT important for entrepreneurs of color in this city and the county? It's important because you can create a circle of people, of other entrepreneurs who may be facing the same challenges that you are, and you don't have to go through this alone. You know you now don't have to go through this alone. And sometimes as an entrepreneur of a small business, um, you feel like you are alone in your journey and having um, such a strong network of people who have either gone through the challenges because they're at the next level in their business or are at a, a, a level where they're just starting and you're able to pour into them. I think uh, because of the different levels, it's um, an amazing opportunity to learn from other people and then be able to pour in to other entrepreneurs as well. So cohort, cohort five, which is the, the cohort that I was in, we've maintained our relationship outside of, you know, the work that we did with Next CLT. So we go out to dinner 
Uh, we still have our group chat and we support each other. And those ladies have supported me in the, um, you know, in my author journey and uh, we've supported each other. So um, I think not only are you being able to learn from the content and material that's being presented in the program, but you build a strong network of entrepreneurs who look like you and are facing the same challenges and you can overcome those as a group rather than again, feeling like you're alone in this, in this journey. Nikki, as we wrap up here, what's something that you just like to share that I may not have asked, but you felt compelled to say, you know what, this is something I had like thought of. It could be about your book about life. It could be about your journey as an entrepreneur. What's something that you'd mm -hmm. like to share to our audience that would be a Nickyism? No. <laughs> so I was just uh, in a conference a, a week or so ago, and uh, we had a little debate about fear and if fear is real. And um, and I, I do believe that fear is real. And uh, there's not going to be anyone who changes my mind about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you mentioned John Maxwell. And one of the things that he also mentions or says often is do it afraid. And uh, that is one of my mantras is to, yes, you can be afraid. But when you let that fear stop you from doing the thing that you know that you're here to do, that's when you have a problem. When you do it and take one step forward, as long as you're not stopping in it, um, then you can overcome that fear. Um, and that's how you grow and learn. Again, you, you move out of your comfort zone where you feel safe and in control right into the fear zone. You don't jump right from comfort to growth and learning. That's a process. And, um, and don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, so I talked about that a little bit earlier. We, we have to be very uh, cautious in, in how we're moving forward as entrepreneurs. But I would just say, uh, do it afraid and, um, and, and get to get out of that comfort zone. And then you'll realize that growth and learning on the other side of that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you heard it here from Nikki Pounds the author, the entrepreneur, the HR professional, the businesswoman, renaissance woman who's just sharing her wisdom. And thank you very much for being part of Next CLT. Thank you very much for your support and for your business. And looking forward to hearing many more things from you as you grow your business, as you continue to move forward with your book. And hey, by the way, I'm looking for my signed copy of the book. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome.